Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and co-parents of all ages, this podcast is for you. Introducing in the center ring the amicable divorce expert, Judith Weigel. Welcome back, everybody, to our next episode. And the episode we're going to be talking about is how to gain control by your words in divorce mediation. Control is available more than you think. But you can never get control if you don't communicate properly. And we're just not taught how to communicate. Like on a good day, we're not taught how to communicate. But when we're in conflict, when we're in a tough situation, we will go on the defensive and then we will act offensively towards the person we're talking about, talking to. But it's all because we have the flight or fight syndrome kicking in. We feel threatened. We feel fearful. We don't know how to respond when we are in that compromising situation. And I cannot tell you the number of people in 14 years that I have worked with who allow their spouse to walk all over them in a mediation. They have me there as a mediator but they don't use me properly. I'm not there to stick up for anybody. So let me be clear about that. I'm not there to take sides. I'm not not there to make decisions for you. But I am an industry professional, a family law industry professional. And if somebody says something in their assumption of how the law works, I will say, please talk to your attorney about this. Because I I don't think you're clear. And before we go any further, I want you to be clear. Okay, so that's easy enough when, when they're in the mediation with me. But too many times I get people, and quite often it's women, who have been a victim in their marriages. And when I say victim, I mean not beat up, not physically, nothing like that. Emotional, spiritual, in terms of the relationship, they have not been an equal partner. They have not had equal say. They have not been informed of the family finances. They really don't know what goes on in their spouse's 401k, IRA, any other investments, Bitcoin, Robinhood, Robinhood, whatever. You know, it's just not an open communication situation or both spouses have dramatically different ideas on how to spend money, what's appropriate, what's not. You know, so in the last episode, I talked about your money type and I really went through the different types of relationships we all have with money. And now I want to take this a step farther. I want to show you in a financial negotiation, in a divorce, whether it's dividing the assets and debts or discussing spousal support, child support, expenses for children, I can always tell when one person has had to cave to the other person. It's so obvious. And here's one of the obvious statements. Well, he or she said, we should just take what's ours and leave and not divide anything. And they give me that as a statement that's a conclusive statement. I'm 
silent and I wait to see if there's another half to this statement. And if there isn't, that's a really hard call. I don't know what to do because it's very individual to each situation. You know, do I ask, well, are you repeating what your spouse wants to do because you agree with that? So if I ask that question, the answer could be, well, this is just what he wants, or this is just what she wants. Okay, so that's great. They've expressed what they want. Well, what do you want? Why are you not saying what you want? Why are you merely saying what your spouse wants? I mean, that's a clear indication that you don't have an equal voice or you're not comfortable having an equal voice. You're afraid of having an equal voice. And the equal voice in front of whoever you have hired to be part of your divorce, the equal voice would be, well, let's look at what this would be if we went according to the laws of the state. Now, that's very easy to say. Let's look at how this would go, this uh, division of assets or debts, if we went straight legal, the laws of our state. Okay, well, that's what most industry professionals want to do. Mediators, lawyers, we all just want to comply with the laws of the state. If that's what you want to do, then we, of course, will work in that direction. But if you tell any of us as a declarative statement, well, my spouse doesn't want to divide anything. Well, okay, do you agree with that? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it just keeps the peace. I don't know. What should I say? I can't tell you what you should say when I'm functioning as a mediator, but I can certainly deal with it now. So what you should say is what I just said. Well, let's go ahead and look at the look at what this would be if we went according to the laws of the state. And if it's just about even, you know, dividing versus not dividing, then let's just walk away with what's ours. But you have to use the people that you've hired to be your back, so to speak, because we all want to work according to the laws of the state. I mean, that's our first go-to. This is, you know, we know what the laws of the state are. And that's how we're thinking. But if you tell us differently, if you say, well, he or she doesn't want to divide anything and I'm okay with that, great. Well, then we won't divide anything. I'll write this up. You take what you've listed as your assets and debts. He or she will take what they've listed as the assets and debts of your marriage and and you'll sign it and that's the way it'll be. But you need to communicate what you want. Now, why aren't you communicating what you want? Why are you merely stating what your spouse wants? Is it out of fear? Are you fearful that there'll be an argument and you just can't take it because they get horrible and ugly and it's not worth it? You've lived through this for years. This is why you're getting divorced. I totally understand that. I, I really, it makes a lot of sense. Let's just get out of it. But are you get out, getting out of it to your detriment financially? That's the question. You know, most people won't let themselves go broke, but if there are assets on 
um, I call this person more of a victim because you've kind of assumed a victim role. You've allowed somebody to control you. Therefore, you've kind of taken a victim status or a secondary status. I mean, if that works for you, fine. But you can use the divorce to change things and you don't have to be mean about it. When, when you communicate, you can be respectful, you can be kind, you can be understanding, you can say, I understand this is what you would like, and maybe it'll work out evenly or pretty close to evenly, but let's just, if we don't divide, but let's just see what it's like if we do divide. I mean, you know, why not? Why not just see? I mean, how can a person get mad at you for that? I don't think they can. Just don't be accusatory. Oh, this is the way you've always been. This is the way we're getting reason why we're getting divorced. I can't talk to you. You always want to control me. No, don't do that. That will get you nowhere. If that's the only way you knew how to talk, then definitely don't do that. Get help in communicating. You need to learn to speak up for yourself, and it's an ongoing process. It really is. Listen, as good as I am as a mediator, I find myself in compromising situations. And I wish I would stick up for myself more sometimes. Sometimes I'm just tired. I just don't want to go there. I don't care enough about the result of this disagreement. I mean, that is how I feel sometimes. Or other times... I don't know how to answer in present time, and I need to leave the conversation, process the conversation, and then come back and say, look, I needed time to think about this. I needed to process. I needed to do a little homework to see, you know, what some options were. And now I would like to revisit what we last talked about because I do have some other ideas. I do have some options and I would like to discuss those with you. Now that is excellent communication. You haven't been accusatory. You haven't tried to uh, go on the offensive. No, you've spoken from the heart. You've just said what you think. You've described reality. You know, I just didn't know what to say when we were talking the other day. I had to think about it. I needed to process. I needed to look at other options. I mean, that is respectful communication. That is clear communication. That's normal. That's human. Learning how to speak up for yourself is an ongoing process. Why not use divorce as the, uh, as, as the event that pushes you in this direction to teach you a different way of communicating? Because if you can communicate well in divorce, you can use these skills anywhere. You can use them on the job when you're ready to negotiate for a raise or a promotion. You can use them when you're buying a car. Oh my God, God knows. Could it be a worse situation to buy a car? You know, my friend Dina, who's on this little, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, My friend Dina, who listens to this, she's part of the um, subscriber group. Uh, although she's not getting divorced, she just likes listening to this podcast. And thank you, Dina, for doing that, by the way. 
So Dina was telling me about buying a car. She used an industry professional to negotiate for her, to find her a car. She explained what her bottom was, and she let somebody else do it who was better equipped to do it. So when you're hiring attorneys, when you're hiring mediators, when you're hiring anybody in the divorce space to help you get through it, let them help you. And so for me, I like to teach people how to communicate better because the gold is in the communication. That's right. You can have anything you want. I mean, let me rephrase that, by the way. You can get farther along in the negotiation if you learn communication skills, let people teach you communication skills, let people be the arbiters of your spouse when your spouse says, we don't really need to divide anything. I'll just take what's mine, you take what's yours. And, and maybe <laughs> what's his is a heck of a lot more than what's yours. But you need to speak up. You need to use divorce as an event that teaches you how to negotiate, how to communicate. And once you learn how to do it, it's not a chore. It's not burdensome. It's, man, it's your get out of jail free card. You know, pass go, collect $200. Yes, in real money, not monopoly money. Speaking up for yourself, learning how to do this is an ongoing process. And if you feel you flubbed it the first time around, approach it a second time and just say, I wasn't ready. I needed to rethink. This is how I feel. This is how I would like us to approach this, at least see. And then maybe we can go back to your way. Now, how can anybody get mad at you for saying that? And certainly if you say it in front of a, a family law professional, you'll get a lot of support. Okay, and number three, how to keep control in your co-parenting role. Okay, so there's an ongoing negotiation in co-parenting. You have the education of the children, the medical treatment of the children, the cultural and religious upbringing of the children, and then all those expenses that go along with raising the children. Yes. So, depending on you, how you spoke up for yourself when you negotiated the settlement for the settlement agreement for the divorce, now you're going to keep talking because it's not, not all in stone. You know, in settlement agreements, it'll talk about what the monthly payment is and what it covers. And then there's just a slew of other expenses. There's summer camp. There's vacations. There are the field trips. Um, you know, you're going to be studying to go to college, those of you who want to go to college. Then there's driver's ed, computers, cell phones. I mean, it goes on and on. Sports activities, artistic activities. So many decisions to make. If you've caved, during the settlement negotiation, how are you going to handle yourself on your own in your co-parenting role? 
you need to learn how to speak up for yourself and speak up for yourself as not only a spouse in the settlement agreement with assets and debts, but speak up for yourself as a co-parent. Someone who may have their own ideas and you have to compromise, you have to work this out with your, with the other parent. So you need to really develop these skills of communication so that your role in co-parenting when you're kind of out there on the surfboard alone, you know what you're doing. You know how to massage, so to speak, the conversation in a way that you can both have a discussion. So if you have a reluctant co-parent, okay, now you're divorced. Now you're in the co-parenting role. So if you have a reluctant co-parent who wants to haggle over $15, you really do have to learn how to deal with that. Well, I understand. Well, you can't call that person honey anymore, right? So I understand, John, that you think uh, that this expenditure of $15 may be $15 more than is required. This is what it pays for. This is what I would like to do. Let's settle on this. Um, let's, let me hear why you think this is too much. And then if it's just a tiny amount of money, okay, I agree with you. Um, you do have to cut your losses at some point. You just can't argue over everything. But if it's a more significant purchase, a more significant decision that has to be made, get a professional with you then. If you have a spouse that you can't move at all, that it's a crazy, ridiculous argument or disagreement, even with the smallest things, get a professional on board. Now, listen, you can go to child support services in many states, including California, and they will be, they will have your back. They will go straight law. They will do your negotiating for you. So if it's really, really, really difficult, After the divorce is final and you've used your attorney, you've used your mediator, you've gotten communication coaching, you've done it the best you can to get the divorce settled. Now you're (laughs) in co-parenting land. It's like Barbie land. You have your own rules to co-parenting land. You may file at child support services. It doesn't cost anything in California. You will get a law, you will each get lawyers assigned to the case, and they're going to go straight law. And you're going to have an easier road to hoe. And I just think you you need to engage people who are going to be helpful to the situation because this is about your kids now. You know, this isn't about assets and debts. This is about your kids. And yes, it is true that people do have different ideas on what is important to buy for their kids, what is important to enroll their children in. I know that's an ongoing disagreement. But if you really get your communication in order and just say, let's do something more than $15. Let's do... um Soccer. I don't believe soccer. One person says 
I don't believe soccer is important. You know, I don't like uh, sports that may have, uh, that they're too physical. Uh, if you want them to do it, you go ahead and do it. Well, you do need the other parents, you know, buy-in or you're going to keep paying for all this stuff yourself. If you're okay with it because you, you just can't make a dent in the co-parenting relationship, okay, that's your reality. You know, and you just have to make value decisions. What are important? What decisions are important to get backup help on? And what do you just want to let go because it's not worth it? Yes, you are going to make those value decisions. But on the important calls, get help again. You know, don't do this alone. Get professionals involved, either get child support services involved, get a mediator involved, get an attorney involved. Just because you get attorneys involved doesn't mean you're going to trial, doesn't mean it's going to be horrifying. Maybe get an attorney mediator. You know, sometimes I go with attorney mediators. I, I, I say I'm not even the right mediator for you. It's best that you hire attorney mediators because the attorney mediators can't help themselves. Some of them just quote law. They just can't help themselves. And sometimes you just need that. It's so tough. But I am telling you, if you can learn how to speak up for yourself, how to learn communication skills that will keep neutralizing your communication so that you keep it as low key as possible, don't raise your voice. Don't do harsh texts. If you get a harsh email or text back, don't respond. You don't need to respond to somebody who's unkind to you or respond by saying, I really would like to engage in a discussion with you, but I need you to treat me with courtesy and respect. And the email or text you just sent me was not that. Could you please rephrase what you sent me so I can feel comfortable responding to you? I mean, listen to what I just did. You just called that person out for speaking to you in an unkind, rude, disrespectful way, but you didn't meet them where they were. You elevated them. That's kind of the metaphor. You want to elevate them when you respond back. And you want, let me just say this again, you want to address the issue, but you don't want to be spoken to in an unkind, disrespectful way. So the very first thing you must address is, I want us to treat each other in a respectful, kind way. Towards that end, I'm asking, could you please resend this text? and speak to me in a courteous, kind way. And then I'm more than happy to engage in conversation with you. Start doing that when you're on your own as a co-parent. Start doing that. And let's watch the other person eventually change. They will eventually change. Most people who are not mentally ill are not crazy. Most people that are just on the spectrum of being uh, 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 not where they should be in terms of the kindness meter. It's really going to be hard for them to keep treating you disrespectfully, 
I'm sorry, disrespectfully, if you just keep saying, would you please treat me in a kind, respectful way? I want us to co-parent in the best way we can, and we can only do that if we're kind to one another. And again, if you don't get anywhere, if you have somebody that's so compromised that they they can't, then you have to go to a professional to help you. You can't continuously cave. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for your children. I implore you to always keep the industry professionals in mind who are there to help both of you and are there to help the entire situation. And, uh, and you just may, may need help. But try it my way first. Try keeping a very calm tone of voice. In fact, I'm going to suggest that you don't match text with text or email with email. I'm going to suggest that you pick up the phone and leave a message or create a little video. I started doing that with people. I created a little video because... Putting voice context to our words means everything. The text, the email, the written word, they don't put voice context. So if you're speaking in a gentle, kind way like I'm doing now, that will only come through with your voice. So that's another way to communicate. Leave a voicemail message or create a little video could actually put a little fun. Fun in seeing you change something you never thought you could change. You're putting yourself out there as a model of how you want the other parent to be, the other spouse to be. Model it and see how you go. And really communicate with me. I really, I love knowing this. I am passionate about communication. I am seriously interested in changing the world through correct communication, kind communication, respectful communication. And I am here to help any of you work on that. I love being a communication coach and it's what we need. In order to get through difficult situations, we need to understand how to communicate in a way that it moves mountains. It moves the conversation forward. And you're going to be, you're going to feel so happy that you've learned another skill that will help you anywhere in life. If you can remember, if you can If you can practice communication skills, kind communication skills, you're going to be on top of the world. Nobody can get you down. So that's it. That's what I have to say, folks. Kind communication, respectful communication. Okay, so my three little points and we're leaving. Communication is the key in exercising control in a divorce negotiation. Number two, speaking up for yourself is an ongoing process. And number three, how to keep control in a co-parenting role. 
All right, folks, thank you so much. Share this with any of your friends. Hit subscribe. Communicate back to me um, how you received this information, this message. But as always, have an amicable day. That's our show for today. Thank you for joining us. Be good to yourselves, be kind to your spouse, and cherish your children above all else.